Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I am feeling so blessed today. I have someone who's become a good friend, Marie Simpson. She's a physician's assistant, but the journey I took to find Marie was, we're going to be talking about menopause today and details about it and what you can do. And the reason we're talking about that is because, and Marie, I don't know if you know this, but divorce is growing the fastest in the age of 50 or so. It is pertinent. And I do have clients that are going through it and they're asking me kind of general questions. So I love sharing information that's going to help them to a better life because it's hard. It's an opportunity, just like divorce, but it can be difficult. But so I want to welcome you here, but I also want to say that you have been such a blessing in my life. And I found you because I was just searching. This was before I was going through menopause and I have autoimmune issues and I kind of was a mess. I mean, I came in, I was anxious to go to the doctor. I was afraid to get my blood pressure and it became this functional assessment journey. And I learned, which I carry with me, that we're all unique and we all have different stories. And I also wanted a Christian. That was really important to me. And I was so thankful that a good friend of mine recommended you and you fit everything I wanted and were so much more. I mean, honestly, I am no, but I really mean it because I think that had I not taken this route. I know I have some autoimmune issue, but because we've figured out how to lower my inflammation, it's not something that I need to have tested anymore. And I'm just, I feel so blessed. And then as I was working with you, ooh, menopause came along and now I'm kind of through that, which we can talk about later, but it is a time where you can dig in and learn about yourself. So Anyway, I want people to get to know you, Marie. That was kind of long, but thank you so much for being here. Well, oh, yeah, it's my pleasure. You tell your story about what made you delve into functional assessment medicine. Well, I had practiced for, gosh, maybe 15, 18 years, and I was prescribing lots of prescriptions. It got to the point where I was not having a lot of time to spend with patients and really felt that there was more to it than prescribing prescriptions and quick little visits and that type of thing. So I started actually in hormones and I went through some courses with IFM and then I became certified with the Metabolic Institute, which is A4M, and started in the hormonal functional medicine. So after four years or so, I became board certified in functional medicine, again, with just hormones, but looking at immune function and digestive health and brain health. And since then, I have taken a number of courses through a number of formats, studying with Dr. Dale Bredesen. He wrote the book, The End of Alzheimer's, which has been pretty influential in my current practice. 
Also, in deeper dives with lime and mold and environmental toxins and epigenetics and lots of different areas. And it's so, so fun to learn how to apply a lot of this. So with that, then I was able to continue practicing at Western Wisconsin Health as a functional medicine practitioner. And it was great to have more time. I was able to spend between 60 and 90 minutes with each of my patients and really get to the root cause of what was causing symptoms and or disease that we could address those and really enjoyed my time in that. So, yes. I forgot to mention that you're the founder of Elevate Health and Wellness. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but you're kind of helping people in a different way now. You're not at the clinic anymore, and I kind of miss you. (laughs) It was nice to have you you know, there as my doctor, but I want to learn more about that too. Sure. So why don't you talk a little bit about that now? I was going to have you talk about it at the end, but tell me what you're doing. Two years ago, I've always kind of wanted to start my own practice or business. I was looking into some different mentorships that would allow me to do that. And one of the mentorships offered a program that I'm offering in my business now that I actually went through. And so it was recommended that I go through it if I were going to maybe incorporate that into my business. So it's something similar. Mine is called the Elevate Health and Metabolic Reset. And when I went through that program, I was able to lose 60 pounds and have been able to maintain that weight loss, improving inflammation and my metabolic health overall, improving hormones and that type of thing. So it's so much more than just weight loss. It's really getting at, again, what causes for, it may be digestive issues, it may be memory focus, it may be balancing hormones. So it's been great for weight loss amongst a number of other things. You know, and I've always found that weight loss portion, it's the mind. It changed my business. I mean, it changed just to get healthy. And so I'm sure it's packaged as weight loss, which is wonderful. Yeah. It's just the foundational elements. There's various pillars that we work toward of getting to a cause of illness, but then also really improving your metabolic rate and reducing inflammation all at the same time. So yeah, so I incorporated the functional medicine twist in all of that. I love talking about longevity hacks for women and those types of things as well. Yeah, we all need that. And so now if we can kind of talk about menopause. Yeah, for sure. I've had a couple of listeners and a client that they're just, I mean, I feel like they're feeling lost. And I think they're more a little bit younger than me. You know, they're pre, they're just getting into it. They're like, I feel like I have PMS all the time. So imagine you're going through that. And you're going through a divorce and yeah, it's so, so much. So I just want to help them maybe if they can understand menopause and then sure. things that they can do to get them through it a little bit. So premenopause can take place 10 years before you actually are done having a menstrual cycle for over a year. So that's kind of what diagnosis is menopause is when you haven't had a period for a year. But that time beforehand can be really difficult. And oftentimes hormones are fluctuating. It's just not that they stop. Your ovaries stop making hormones, but they're going up and down. And stress is a huge contributor to imbalance of our sex hormones. And obviously when you're going through a divorce or having some marital issues, most people are pretty stressed. And so that is going to contribute to some of the symptoms that you could get. Oftentimes hormones become imbalanced and we tend to see more estrogen dominance meaning higher amounts of estrogen and smaller amounts of progesterone. 
And we really want to balance those hormones. And again, it starts with balancing cortisol. And so there's a number of things that you can do. Again, we focus on belly breathing or time in nature. You want to make sure that you're getting adequate sleep. That's when your brain detoxes. And so protecting that time. Circadian rhythm can play a role with hormonal health as well. And really trying to optimize not being exposed to blue light and getting to bed at a particular time, having good sleep hygiene. All of that can be helpful along with getting some forms of movement or exercise. Some people can't exercise because of underlying joint issues or whatever it might be. But even just getting good movement in each day is going to be great. Nutrition is foundational for balancing hormones as well. And many people that come into my program may have night sweats, hot flashes, those types of things. And within four or five weeks, those things are balanced. Again, just really working on lifestyle and nutrition. That is so helpful. And I think what's so tricky, Marie, is that I know in my own life, and we'll talk about tests you can take to find out what your hormone levels are, but they're always changing. Yep. I do think that lifestyle thing, and one thing, I love my wine, but what I've learned is that drink a glass of wine, I'm not going to sleep. Yep. I'm going to get hot flashes. And when I take that out of the equation, it's a game changer. So now I still might have wine sometimes, but I know, well, I better not be doing a podcast the next day because I'm probably not going to sleep really well. Yeah. I don't cut it out totally. But those lifestyle things are, I think, the main thing that you can do for yourself. It doesn't mean that they're probably all going to get balanced. I do have a question. When you talk about nutrition, like we all know sugar is not a great thing. I've heard in the past, and I don't know a lot about it, that there are some foods that can balance your hormones. I can't remember which one balances what, but I thought like a sweet potato. Is that true? Well, phytoestrogens are probably at the top of the list and soy being one that can be beneficial. The problem with soy is that it's genetically modified and heavily sprayed. And so at the same time can be a bit detrimental. Getting in a lot of cruciferous vegetables is really important. There's DIM and I3C, and I won't get into the structures of all of that, but cruciferous vegetables have that and it allows you to be able to detox the estrogen better. And so your estrogen needs to have a detoxification pathway. And so those phytochemicals and nutrients are going to be really helpful for that. And then again, getting methylated B vitamins in is going to be really helpful for that as well. How do you get Um, those vitamins methylated? So I usually for women that are either estrogen dominant, and there are some symptoms of that. People that have PCOS, people that have maybe fibroids, heavy periods, PMS, breast tenderness, all of those can be, and it's not limited to just those, Mm. can be a symptom of having estrogen dominance. Again, having too much estrogen, having too little progesterone. And so those factors as far as reducing or eliminating alcohol can be helpful, but then getting in those cruciferous vegetables And I usually recommend using a methylated B complex. So if you look at the bottle of your B complex and it says methylfolate or methylcobalamin, that's going to be a bit of a clue. But you can go to a number of nutrition stores and ask and they'd be able to point you in the right direction. Getting that in one a day, they're very inexpensive, maybe usually sold in two months worth. And so maybe 10 bucks a month would be what you'd pay for a nice B complex, maybe 15. So at any rate, I think that's really helpful. 
And you're right, when you bring in that alcohol and or sugar, it often is going to increase menopausal symptoms as well as adding in that stress. Mm -hmm. And so what you can do to reduce or eliminate the alcohol, and if you have an occasional glass, probably not the biggest deal. For women that have had a breast cancer, I don't recommend alcohol at all. But at any rate, you know, minimizing that and optimizing sleep and nutrition, movement, all of those. Right. Okay. So now I have to ask you this, and I don't know if there's a great answer because I really want to make this so that if there's someone out there stressing out right now about this, yeah. it's going to be action that they can take. My issue is always sleep, sleep, sleep. So I've taken melatonin, a time release. Is that something that you recommend? Yeah, I think melatonin is great. And it's really good for our bodies. It's a great antioxidant. It helps with our immune function. It's good for our brain. If people have trouble falling asleep, I generally recommend obviously doing some belly breathing or intermittent nostril breathing, avoiding screens, doing your taxes before bed or whatever it was that I did recently. But falling asleep, immediate release melatonin, maybe a three to five milligram somewhere in there. Some people are really sensitive, so you have to be a little bit careful. But most people will tolerate three to five milligrams well. And then if you're having trouble staying asleep and waking up frequently, then using an extended release can be helpful for that maintaining sleep. And obviously, we want to think about why aren't you sleeping well, so getting to the root cause of that. But in the meantime, I think melatonin can be very helpful. And I don't think that, you know, and in fact, in some cancers, they're using hundreds of milligrams of melatonin, particularly breast cancer is one that's being studied now. So at any rate, I think it can be very helpful. Is there any reason that I shouldn't be taking it? If I'm taking it all the time, would there be a reason to stop? I don't believe so. I think it's safe. Early on, there was talks about if we're using it, will our body produce less? But that hasn't been shown to be true. And actually, when people are stressed, they often don't make enough melatonin. And so adding that melatonin in can be helpful. Back with COVID, it was recommended that people, even if they didn't have trouble with sleep, add in melatonin for boosting immune function. So I think it's fine. If you don't tolerate it, I won't use it. So say, well, say, gosh, if I take melatonin, you know, I feel wired. Oh, that's probably less than one or two percent. Yeah. You know, it's not a common thing. Okay. So this is so helpful because this is something that someone who's having issues like these women that I talked to, something that they can do right now. And I know in particular, this one works out, has good nutrition, but to make sure that she has a lot of stress and it's hard. Her parents are needing her. One's going through Alzheimer's, but trying, doing your best to take that time, do that self-care so that you can get through this. Eat your broccoli so that your estrogen can stay. So all these things in themselves will help you. And if people want to delve deeper, I know I've taken the Dutch hormone test and I actually did take some progesterone at a time. And I use a little estrogen now just for dryness or, you know, whatever. What kind of tests do you recommend to get a handle on what's really going on with your hormones? And then what do you think? Like, and even there's like progesterone cream. I can't remember what it's made out of like a yam because at this point I basically have no hormones. <laughs> I mean, sure. so, okay. I just threw a lot at you. Yeah. No, I'll break it down a little bit. So with regards to testing, you know, if you are postmenopausal, likely if you have hormone tests, they're going to be low. The best way to evaluate hormones is not through a traditional practitioner's, you know, clinic and getting blood work done. 
it's more accurate to assess hormones either through urine or through saliva. Now, it's one thing to look at them to see, okay, are they optimal high or low? And postmenopausally, the majority of the time, they're going to be lower than what they should be. Now, if you're going to consider using exogenous hormones, and that would be where you're taking them in, whether it's by mouth. And I just want to point out that I never, ever recommend taking estrogen by mouth just because it really increases risk for cardiovascular, particularly for stroke. And so if you use estrogen orally, again, you have increased risk of stroke. Even with birth control pills, we see that birth control pills are the number one cause of stroke in women in their 30s and 40s. And we don't see them used that much after 50. The average age of menopause is 51, but we can see it start between 30 and close to 60 or a little beyond. So at any rate, that can vary. If you are going to use any exogenous hormones, you think of endogenous when your body makes them yourself, but exogenous, if you take them on your own, then I always recommend a topical form of estrogen, and that can be done either through a patch, which there are patches that are available through prescription and or with a cream. And so most bioidentical hormones that you would get from a compounding pharmacy are going to be in a cream. And one of the nice things about that is that, you know, you can use estriol, which is protective, and estradiol, which is more effective, and do a combination of those. If you use any estrogen, you always, always, always want to use progesterone. And whether you have a uterus or not, we want hormones balanced. And so very important to not have too much estrogen and too little progesterone. Progesterone can be taken orally as well as topically. Most often it's used orally, and I don't recommend the use of synthetic progesterone. We really want to focus on using bioidentical progesterone. And there is a form of more of a bioidentical prescription in the form of Prometrium. The downside of that is it only comes in two different strengths, whereas if you're taking progesterone that's been compounded, then you can get it to whatever your unique needs are. So You always want to use progesterone if you use estrogen. You never want to take estrogen orally, only topically, whether you're in your 20s or 30s or those years beyond. So, okay. And I will answer all your questions. I'll just keep digging. I will say the progesterone, when I took that, it was like a calm. Yeah. I slept for the first time in years. I am just not a sleeper girl. But then, you know, since I've changed my eating and don't have sugar and kind of eat real food and don't have wine, I don't have as many issues. So I'm not really taking hormones, but I asked you about, I found something that says it's bioidentical at our little like family, I don't, family fresh, or it's like a little co-op and it's bioidentical. I don't know if it's made with yams. I don't know what it is. Yeah. What do you think? I started using just a little bit of that cream and I felt like, which it could all be in my head, like maybe I was sleeping better, but I don't know. And again, I'm out of the fluctuating now. I'm in my past menopause. I don't even know what you call it. If you haven't had a period for a year, then you're likely postmenopausal. Post. That's what I am. Yep. So, yeah. And so there are various creams out there. It's hard to know without looking at the ingredients. You know, it's really important to have a good, healthy carrier oil if you're going to use hormones. That's almost as important, not quite, but at any rate, because it's then going to help get into your skin and not having toxins and those types of things. And you can go to ewg.org. 
And I would recommend that for all of your body care products and things like that. And it's going to give it a score. And you could also Google skin deep. Oh, I think I have that. Okay. Yeah. So you could look at that and kind of get a little bit of an idea of the safety of that particular product that you're kind of thinking about. But some of those topicals can be helpful. It's just not, you can't vote for them all just because. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of differences in these types of things. And you're also able to find, and I do think these can be helpful for some individuals, is to use some vaginal like suppositories. So Bezwecken makes a couple different ones. And if any women have a history of breast cancer, we always want to caution them to talk to. I mean, regardless, you know, the things that I'm telling you is just informative only. You know, so always talk to your healthcare practitioner about these types of things before going out and doing them. But with regards to the vaginal health, you know, we have estrogen receptors all over our body, in our brain, in our kidneys, in our lungs, in our heart. And there are some nice studies that show that estrogen replacement therapy, bioidentical, you know, hormone replacement can be helpful to prevent cardiovascular disease, heart attack, dementia, those types of things. But they do carry with it some risk. Right. And so we know that 70% of breast cancers have estrogen receptors. You know, so there's a lot of controversy out there about using estrogen in cancers. It's something that, you know, I would be leery of, not to say that there maybe could be benefits. So the estrogen, is it always only by prescription or is there estrogen that you can get like for dryness or? So, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. So there are some vaginal suppositories that can be helpful that have a little bit of estriol. So estriol is a super, super, super weak estrogen and actually has some protective benefits. And so estriol can be used vaginally and it is over the counter in some formulations. And so sometimes they'll put a little bit of DHEA in with it. And then there are healthy carrier oils that help with absorption. So there are some that are on the market that are not prescription. Where do you find those, Marie? Well, I have them on my Wellevate store, um, oh, but you could okay. also go to Bezwecken is one of the formulations. There's probably many others. That's the one that I know of. So at any rate, I do have a Wellevate store that carries literally thousands of brands. And that's where I'm going to go. Now, I'm a little bit confused about the carrier oils because mm-hmm. I told you that I got that progesterone cream. Mm-hmm. That needs an oil with it. Well, oftentimes, yeah, there's going to be something that the ingredients are suspended in to help it get absorbed into your skin. And so there's VersaBase or there's a number of different oh, ones that are the oil on and then put the cream in it. No, no, it's mixed in with the product. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. yeah. Good you. question. Yeah. I'm yeah. taking notes here so I can yeah. write about this too. It was so helpful. And we are over time, but I'm going to ask one more question. Yeah, sure. Because I have to because it's being selfish. If you are me and you're feeling pretty good, you're going through life, but I basically don't have hormones. I mean, I really don't. Am I heading in the right direction if I find some good creams to just add a little bit like that estrogen? I'd love that protective because, you know, my heart issues and I don't know, is that something that you recommend or is it kind of just okay to, if you're feeling good, you don't need them? You know, there is a lot of controversy over that. And oh, 
I think that the number one thing to do is to do foundational nutrition and lifestyle pieces. So making sure that you're eating really healthy, getting whole foods in, focusing on vegetables, healthy proteins, and again, movement, sleep, managing stress, all of that, very, very important. Because we can take 40 different supplements and they're all really good. But if you're not eating healthy, if you're not getting movement, if you're not getting good sleep, if you're stressed all the time, it's kind of like, I'm not going to use the analogy of eating frosting without cake, but you know what I mean? I mean, that's the terrible analogy. But basically, you want to get those foundations down and then do some building blocks on top of that. Because it would be harmful for you to use exogenous hormones if your detox pathways aren't good and you're consuming more alcohol. And your sugar and your nutrition isn't sound because then we can often do more harm than good. So getting those foundational pieces good and then assessing your uniqueness with regards to hormones. And if you're going to use hormones, I recommend seeing a functional medicine practitioner that is able to do it the right way. Because I think hormones prescribed with taking orally, for instance, and not using progesterone and not assessing. Right. So we're taking hormones. We really want to know what your metabolites are and are they going down a pathway that could potentially increase risk of a cancer? And if so, then we don't want to use hormones. So A, you want to see someone that has experience and does it the right way that tests metabolites at least once a year. So, you know, that really gets a good family history generally would use a bioidentical form of estrogen and or progesterone. And then also, you know, there's consideration of testing your genetics, your SNPs, to see about detoxification pathways and if there may be an increased risk. So all of that would be really important if you were going to seek that out. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before the saddle up segment and this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. At the end of my episode, I always have a saddle up segment where I ask my guests to just give one little tidbit. I mean, you've given us so much, Marie, but one little thing that someone could do moving forward to better their life right now, something just kind of simple and quick. So again, the tips, if you could balance stress, really important from a hormonal standpoint, really eliminate processed foods, eat whole foods, 
and really focus on getting vegetables. I recommend four to five servings. A serving is a half of a cup, unless it's a leafy green, it's a cup. Four or five servings of vegetables with each meal. Really, really, really helpful for so many things. Awesome. Well, now, Marie, if people want to get a hold of you, we're going to have all your information in the show notes, but what's the best way if they want to start working with you? Yeah. Well, I have a website, elevate-hw.com. You can look me up there and get some information. And then typically, if people want to know a little bit more about my program or other ways of working with me, then I do a free little discovery call or strategy session, health strategy session where we talk for a bit and I get to learn a little bit about you and how I could best help you and you get to learn about me and how I maybe would be able to fit in. Yeah, well, and I totally wholeheartedly recommend you. I mean, oh, I, yeah. uh, listeners, if you're going through this and need some support, I just find Marie. She's amazing. Oh, so, thank you. I may have to have you back on as we... Oh, sure. Delvin, I love sharing. I love sharing stuff. It's so, so fun and I love learning from you. So... Thank you so much for the time to be here. I know you're for sure. We so appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's great to be here and I really appreciate you inviting me on. Good. Thanks so much. Take care. Yeah. Yep. Bye now. Before I go, I just want to let you know some exciting news. In addition to my online parenting plan course, I now have the Minnesota Divorce Paperwork course. This course is going to hold your hand through the mediation process and the Minnesota divorce paperwork. It's easy, effective, comprehensive. You will have what you need to file for divorce with this course. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.